What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Call Tact Podcast. Usually about this time at the beginning, I introduce my guest right away, but I had something happen that I just have to share. I'm doing this podcast, everything that I'm doing with my social media. I'm trying to do it just strictly to point people to Jesus. I'm trying to build people's faith. And if you listened last week, first of all, thank you so very much for coming back. And I talked last week, it was probably one of my most vulnerable episodes. You know, I talked about, you know, failing a drug test in 2020, and it led to where I'm at right now. And so I had to take a week and a half off of work last week. I've discussed that in last week's episode. And I, I said, I can't remember the exact words I said in the episode, but I said something along the lines of me and my wife were a little bit stressed about it. And I told her, you know, this is why we have savings. And right now we're just going to lean on God because we know God has our back. You know, we're, we're trusting him. We don't know exactly what he's doing in this moment but he's going to take care of us. And so the episode dropped on Monday, Wednesday. I can't say where she's from. I'll just say it's somebody that's in my life um, came up to me and handed me a card. And she said, this is for you and for your family. And I said, okay. And I stuck it in my pocket and went on my way and I get in my car and I take the card out and it says, I actually have the card right here because I want to, I want to read it because I feel like a lot of, times people say specific things and you're like, well, I don't know if it's legit or I don't know if he's just trying to make it up to see the story better. Um, so the card, the front of it says, just believe. And on the inside of the card, it has a Bible verse. And then it says for Donovan and his family, God has blessed me. So I would like to pay it forward. It's not much, but I hope it helps some since you had to miss work. And when I open the card, some currency falls on my lap. I pick it up. It's $500. And for her to say, you know, it's not much, but it, you know, and then it's, it's, I mean, I've never had anybody walk up and just give me money, especially, you know, that amount. And, and it was just such a, and I just called her right away. Cause she said, don't say anything. She wrote it on the card and she said it when she handed me the card, she's like, don't say anything. So I called her right away and I said, you know, I can read, I, I read what you said. I said, but I'm not going to let this pass without at least me calling you and telling you, thank you for doing this. Like you didn't have to do that, but we, you know, we appreciate it. And so then I got home and I told my wife, you know, what had happened. And I told her, I said, we're trying to do everything that we can for God. We're trying to walk in his will. I said, so be prepared because this kind of stuff is going to start happening all the time. So this morning I go to work and I stop at a uh, little place here to get some breakfast and I go inside and the girl is working the window and she's supposed to be working the lobby, but she's just focusing on the window. And so the manager's in the back and she goes, what do you want, baby? I'll go ahead and, and, you know, fix your meal for you. And then she can check you out. And so I told her what I wanted and she brings it up to me and she says, uh, did she, did you check him out? And she, the girl just kind of looked at her and she said, uh, well, I guess she doesn't want to check you out. It's on me. It's on me today. Go ahead and go have a good day. And so I was like, man, so I called my wife. I said, you know, I just told you last night, get, get, pre get prepared. This stuff kind of stuff is going to happen all the time. And then it happened the next day. So it's just like, God is so good. And when you are following after him, the things that he does, you're not even expecting it. And then he just decides to bless you, you know, in a moment where you're 
not expecting anything at all. So I just had to share that before I introduced my guest today. Um, I know you're extremely busy because you're literally having to call me from the car right now. So I have a returning guest, Justin Smith. A lot of you guys know him from Be A Man podcast. So Justin, how you doing today, man? I'm all right. I That's awesome, man. I love stories like that. And I can tell you stories like that that's happened to me too. And it's uh, there's been some harder times. And, you know, you get that card in the mail or from whoever, you know, a lot of times it's not addressed. And it's like, well, there's, you know, however much money. And you're like, what in the world? And mm-hmm. you just, you just got to thank God because there's no reason they should have sent that to you. And for some exactly. reason he had them do it. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it is. yeah, busy, busy, like you said. So I am driving <laughs> home. Uh, it has been a crazy busy time, but that is life. And, um, you know, I'm ready for spring. I'll tell you that part. I, I'm ready. Like you guys have probably started a little sooner. It's just now starting to turn a little green. Yeah. The grass at least. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so back and forth. Like this morning it was like freezing and my wife, she took our kids out cause they had to get some uh, Easter outfits and whatnot. And she's like, what do I need to wear outside? And I'm like, you could probably wear shorts, but I'd wear like long sleeves too. <laughs> you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't know what it's going to be. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. You know, this is the second time that you've been on. So I want to try something new this time. You know, I usually do the big three where it's just three random questions. But I'm going to give you any time that I'm going to have a recurring guest from here on out. Well, we'll see how it goes today. But I'm going to let you have the choice. Do you want to do the big three or I do a segment now when I'm doing a solo episode where I call it just what's up and I just tell like a little random story of something that's happened maybe just at some point in my life or something that's happened this week or whatever, just a random story. So it's up to you. You get to choose. Do you want to do the big three or do you want to do what's up? It's, it's totally up to you. I don't know. I do like the big three, but I can't tell you a story. I can't tell you a cool story. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So lately, like we've been hearing a lot about what God's doing in a lot of different places lately and uh, mm-hmm. like revivals, all that kind of stuff, you know, and we hear yeah. about it, but oftentimes we don't see it. But recently, um, I have just seen a lot of people, young people. And, you know, others who have just randomly come and talk to me. Like, we had two baptisms a few weeks ago. I'm getting ready to have another one with a really young kid. I think he's 11. Mm -hmm. And then two more probably at the first of May. And it's just like, we know baptism doesn't save you, but right. um, People are, you know, still believe in the same gospel and they're still trusting Christ. And even when things get discouraging at times, like, cause they do, it's real life, you know, things get hard. Um, people are still coming to saving faith. God is still saving people. And it's just really cool to see. Like, there's nothing more encouraging than that, to have somebody come into my office and say, you know what, I think I'm ready to get baptized. And I'll say, like, for why? Is it because you saw that other person got baptized? Or, like, what's the real reason? He's like, no, it's because I I finally trusted Christ. I'm like, Mm. awesome. Like, I will take that any day of the week. Ask me any question, and I will take that because it's just – and that's why we're doing what we're doing. We want people to see 
Christ. We want them to know Christ and to see people start growing. And, and a lot of them have families, little ones, you know, and just think that they're going to raise them in the church and that those kids are going to hear about Christ in the future. Man, it doesn't get any more exciting than that. I think we need those kind of positive words, especially right now, uh, because it, it just it can be discouraging at times, and it has been lately. And I, uh, man, I've been I've been excited and encouraged in spite of all the busyness and randomness going on in my life right now. It has been super encouraging to see people come to saving faith in Christ lately, and it's just it's really exciting. Yeah. And there's nothing like, it's not me. Like I'm not doing anything different than I've always done. And it's just, and we've had a lot of visitors. We're a little small rural church, but we've had a lot of visitors coming in, like families coming in. And part of that's because they see me in, you know, different sporting things that I do and help out with. But so they get to see like, there's like Sunday pastor, Justin, but I'm the same, like, during the week, like basketball coach, baseball coach, Justin, too. They just maybe see a little bit more of the competitive side of me come out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or when my kid doesn't do what I want him to, you know, they hear me like, get your butt moving. Stuff, <laughs> right. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's just exciting. And there's no, like, like I've asked and I've looked back and I'm like, what was the thing? And there's nothing like they just said, well, we just decided we need to come. We're looking for something deeper. We want something more meaningful in our lives. And that thing is Jesus. I'm like, awesome. Like yeah. you can't explain this. Like there's no like thing that says, yeah, they came for that reason. Or I did this thing. So they came, but it's just Jesus working. And yeah. it's just awesome to watch and see. It, yeah. it, it really is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's amazing right now. I think one thing that I've seen because I've been I've been seeing that too, and I've been having a lot of people question me, especially younger people asking me different questions and things like that. And I love to see that hunger, and they're not just asking questions just to be asking; like they're truly seeking answers on these things. And I think I I believe what's going on is seems like to me at least like we know that Satan has got his way in the the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole. And I think the the swing is so far in that direction that people are waking up and they're seeing, wait, this is not, this can't be true. This can't be how it's supposed to be. And what the devil thinks he is turning things in his favor, he's turning it so far that people are like, I got to find the truth. This isn't truth. This can't be real. You know, so that, that's what it kind of seems like to me. And it's very encouraging to see yeah. people actually hungry for the gospel and hungry for the truth. Because, you know, when you're, when you have that hole in your heart, the only thing that can fill that hole is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. That's the only yeah, way to true happiness. You're exactly right. And I think people look to fill it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like whether it's, I mean, you can name all kinds of things, drugs, I mm -hmm. mean, alcohol, uh, porn epidemic that's out mm -hmm. there right now. I mean, there's just so many other things. A lot of people, it's even like they try to fill it with family and friends. And even that is not lasting. I mean, it's just not. It, it will not fill that hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill. Yeah. And I think, I do think people are waking up. And you're even seeing like some Hollywood people starting to talk about the anti-Christian bias. And I think they're starting to wake up a little too. And they're starting to say, something's missing here. Like, <laughs> And, and, and I don't know. 
it's just cool to watch and see from a distance, those types of things. But mm -hmm. what we can do is where we are right now, have a presence, build relationships, hopefully point people to Jesus. I mean, yeah. that's what we're called to do. So, I mean, I just, I get excited when I hear about people doing it because I mean, that's what Christ called us to do. So let's get yeah. to work. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few, but it seems like more people are trying to be those laborers and trying to, you know, spread the gospel. And one thing that's encouraging to me too, I see, which I've not seen it yet, the Jesus revolution, but you know, movies like that and the chosen when it was in theaters, I took my daughter to see it. And out of all the movies that were there, they didn't have the chosen, like, um, what's the word like out on the, they didn't have any signs up like uh, yeah. broadcasting that it was there or whatever, promoting it. But yeah. it was, there was a line all the way out the door of people waiting to get in there to see the chosen. And nobody else was lined up to see any of those other movies that are out there. You know what I'm saying? So I see, I see stuff oh, yeah. like that and I'm like, okay, something, something different is going on right now. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see. And however yeah. we can be used to, to orchestrate that, you know, we got to, like you say, get to work and make it happen. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm right there. With you. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet either. I know my parents saw it and they liked it a lot, but they kind of grew up in a little bit of that. Yeah. So it was very, it was more real to them because they had experienced some of it. Mm -hmm. So they enjoyed it a lot. But um, my dad said the only thing that was off is that uh, one of the drummers, I guess they have bands and stuff from that time period. You could see the cell phone in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, I need to see it. I've had so many people tell me that it's so good, but yeah, I've not, I've uh, yeah, I've not seen it, but, um, yeah, I think, um, especially here lately, um, I can't remember, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, but last year at a certain time I was reading through the new Testament and I was in, uh, I believe it was like first Peter chapter five. And, and yeah. you know how it is like when you are reading, like to get something out of it, you're not just reading to check a box. There's there's times that the Holy Spirit speaks to you through a text. You know, that's how yep. just how it works, you know. And so I, I ended up spending like a week and a half, two weeks just in that one chapter because like I, I just couldn't move on. And, and the Holy Spirit was like revealing different things to me every single day through that text. And he's he's doing that to me right now um, for, from Psalms chapter 90, specifically 10 through yep. 12. And so I just want to read 10 through 12 real quick because I know and I know we talked earlier about um, what we wanted to talk about today, like parenting. And I want sure. to get into some of that in a minute. But I just feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit is like pressing on me to to read this text a little bit, just these couple verses yeah. and then just kind of see where it goes from there. But um, like I said, this is Psalms 90, 10 through 12. It says the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And so like, it's really been speaking to me because there's, there's so many times that I think, well, I could just do that tomorrow or I can just, I don't have to post that because somebody might say something, you know what I mean? When you, when you start putting stuff yep. out that you're going to get more negative back than positive when you're posting Christian yep. content. And which you yep. well know, you've been doing it longer than I have. Oh yeah. And so there, there's so much of that. And for a time, there was, I was getting so much negative stuff on, on my YouTube, just different people saying different things that it, it almost, 
put me in a place where I was like, well, I don't even know if I want to say anything on YouTube as much because I'm tired of hearing all this garbage, you know? And so, and yeah. so God hit me with that verse the other day and it, he really put it on my heart. It's like, so you're more scared of what some joker sitting in his mama's basement is going to say to you on YouTube than you are to face me one day and give an account for your life. You, you know, life is so short when it says like, teach us to number our days. What are we going to do with those days? Like, are we going to use those to glorify him? Or are we going to be too scared to do something that the world is going to bring something negative back to us? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So let me, a few things. Yeah. Like you just said there, like first, like there's a lot of reading plans out there and that's good to read large chunks. Yeah. But lately I have found myself just taking, like I've been going through first and second Thessalonians lately in second Thessalonians, like I'm not trying to read big chunks right now. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to read like smaller and just kind of do some study on the, like a sentence, if you will. Yeah. Or a little phrase. And it's just, I think you got to switch it up every once in a while because it just, you can get in this and sometimes you need to read just because you know, you need to read because sometimes we get lazy. We get apathetic. Life gets hard, all those things. But other times, I mean, we can read and see that, like, there's something deep here. And it's almost, you get the sense as you're reading that even in the Psalms, like, these people, like, most of the Psalms are saying anyways. Mm -hmm. But you get the sense that the, the thought, the idea of meditation, not like, you know, some hippie on the street, like, you know, with his fingers crossed or whatever. <laughs> but, like, really, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like really chewing on that concept of like thinking over the text. Like it's the concept of a cow, like chewing on its cud. That was that word that's used there. That's what it, it, the picture that it brings forth. And like, you're just chewing it over and over and over again. And sometimes I think we need to do some more of that. Like there's a lot of value. And I found me personally, like verses I've read, I don't know how many times. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's just like, boom. It's like right there. And like, like you're saying, like making the most of our times, like never read the comments. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. That's what my wife always tells me, but yeah, you know, I, I, I try not to, but I think too, like maybe yeah. I have an opportunity to like lead this person to Christ, but then you, yeah. you kind of realize, okay, this person's not trying to have a discussion. They're just trying to throw negativity or they're trying, they're not going to listen to anything that you say. You know, yeah. and, and I think that's yeah. why Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out, like, if somebody's not willing to hear what you have to say, dust, dust, your, dust the dirt off your feet and keep moving. Because there is somebody that needs what you're going to say. And there's somebody that's willing to, to listen to what you have to say. So get to that person. You yeah, know? definitely. Like YouTube, yeah. I'm, those are the ones that surprise me because I'm like, why would you be watching in the first place? That's, what, that, that, yeah, that's what I, I don't understand. understand. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the ones I like. Like Instagram and Twitter, I've had the best engagement with just because mm -hmm. like you can engage. And I'll be honest, like I've had opportunities to share the gospel and there's been, I think, two that responded very well to it. And I know one person is following Christ now, mm -hmm. but awesome. usually and we get the picture from Christ, too. Like usually when he told people who he was, it wasn't a very good response. I mean, most of the time. And 
when we see the apostles even sharing their faith or who Jesus was or preaching, their response is normally not good. And we have, I don't know why a lot of times we get this in our heads that we think that every time we share the truth or whatever, it's always going to be accepted or <laughs> there's the, the, the response yeah. is going to be positive, but nine times out of the 10, it's not. But that one time, and it, it, it can't be that we just stop because that time God's going to use that to at least plant some kind of seed exactly. or, or whatever. And, and two, I think we have to remember that we are not the ones that save anybody. Like God is the one who saves. Mm-hmm. He uses us to share his word. He uses us to, you know, share the message, but he's the one that saves. And mm-hmm. so we got to be careful that we don't put too much on our shoulders either. Yeah. Because if I'm the one that saves that person, they're still lost. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But God can use me to share his word with that person. And then he opens that person's eyes. And so I, I think we just have to remember that there's, there's a bigger goal. Yeah. I mean, we are only given so many days and however many days those are, we don't know. Um, you know, I was with somebody this week that they're 95 years old and they probably don't have a lot of days left, but they've tried to make the most of them. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, I don't, ever picture myself living that long (laughs) i don't know that i want to live that long but uh you know and it just god gives us the days we have and a lot of times those days are filled with teaching our kids teaching our wife whatever it may be as men of the house and all those things shepherding them and especially our kids our kids are number one mission field and uh we have to make sure that you know, they are the focus of what we're, we're trying to evangelize because they're going to see the ups and they're going to see the downs of what dad's life is like. Yeah. And uh, they will remember probably a lot better than we will about what all that look, looks like. And they will bring it up when we don't want them to bring it up. Yeah. And there's an opportunity there, though, because, you know, in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of our messing up with them, um, there's an opportunity to teach him about forgiveness and what love really looks like and what not holding on to things looks like, not growing bitter, what that looks like and what real life change looks like. Like they get to see us say, man, I don't want to do that anymore. And I'm not going to do that anymore, but it's only through Christ that I can change to become who I want to be. And then they get to see that and they get to see the power of Christ in our lives and hopefully, you know, they'll want to see that, too, in their own life. And uh, we can't save our kids, but we can sure point them in the right direction. Yeah. And uh, our, our goal is to be faithful. And hopefully they will see that they're sinners, too. And uh, they need a God who can save them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how I got off on that. but No, that's know. good. That's good. That's good. It, and it's so true. And, and, you know, oftentimes as parents, too, and I try not to. One thing that I've noticed, especially since I rededicated my life to God, is is uh, how much more emotional I am, <laughs> especially like when it comes to my kids. And I was thinking about that the other day. And you look at all these different times in in uh, Jesus's time here on Earth where, you know, he it, it talks about how he's moved with compassion. You know, something happens, you know, like when, when uh, Lazarus dies. And he sees Mary and Martha crying, you know, he, he's Jesus Christ, you know, so I, I see those moments and then I'm like, okay, it's not just me being, you know, a pansy. It's, you know, when you get closer to Christ, 
you know, those those attributes are kind of yeah. woken up, I guess, in a, in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Heightened yeah. a little bit. And so like as a parent, you 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 don't know sometimes if if what you're saying is getting through to them, especially young kids. Yeah. And so the other day um, I came home from work and I laid down and my son had had a fever for like two days and he's four. So he wasn't feeling great. And so I laid down on the couch and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, my wife said, do you want to see a uh, video that's going to make you cry? <laughs> and I was like, not really, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <And> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she shows me this video. And as I'm sleeping, my son, my four-year-old, is going around the house getting these little blanket throw blankets covering me up while I'm asleep. And he gets four different ones and he's putting different blankets on me. And I get so I wake up and I got all these blankets on me because he brought them to me. And you know, he when I went up after I woke up and he saw me, he didn't say anything about it. He didn't say, Hey, you know, I went and got blankets for you while you were sleeping, you know. And I said, Hey, did you uh did you give me a blanket while I was over there asleep? And he said, Yeah, I was being kind and a leader. And every night before we lay them down, you know, we, we say, what are two things that we need to remember to be? And, you know, it's be kind to be a leader. And then we uh, say second Timothy two twenty four with them, which is, you know, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to others. Um, and so to, to, you don't know sometimes if it's getting through to them and then moments happen like that. And you're like, okay, something, you know, I'm doing something right here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, you just got to hope that those little moments that honestly sometimes seem like, man, I'm just saying the same old thing over and over and over again, but they're picking up on it. And it just, you just got to hope that something sticks and that God will use that in their lives. And it's, man, kids, kids are funny. And uh, it's just, it always surprises me what they pick up on. Yeah. uh, I mean, we have four. And so, and they're all different, very different, but they all pick up on little different things and they have their little quirks with dad or mom or whoever, you know, but they are picking up on what you're laying down and, uh, it's opportunities. Uh, that's how I view it. At least it's opportunities mm-hmm. to point them in the right direction and hopefully that they will hopefully make better decisions than we did. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. at that age, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the hope anyway. And yeah, I owe you, I know you, I owe you an apology for last time you came on. Um, oh. Whenever I told my wife that uh, you were coming on again, she was giving me crap because I guess last time whenever you came on, you I, I had asked you uh, how old your kids were or something, and I don't remember how old you said your daughter was, but whatever it was, you had literally just said it, and then I repeated it back to you, but it was like three years off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. So she she listened to the episode. She was like, "Do you listen to people when they're talking?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what are you talking about?" And then she uh played it back for me. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Oldest is 13. Yeah. Youngest is 2. So yeah. We have a broad and then a 9 and 5-year-old and it's yeah. a very broad range there. Yeah. But so it keeps it interesting. We're always on our toes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can imagine just with, you know, as, as mine are getting older, my daughter is, my oldest is eight and then my son is four. So they're both in the age where they can start doing different uh, extracurricular activities, you know? So yep. it's the ballets, the Girl Scouts, the basketball. So it's like we're running 50 different directions, but it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. And I think that's one thing yeah. too, that brought me to that, 
verse hitting me so hard that teach me to number our days because um, I was able to coach my son's basketball team this year and uh, my wife recorded it because at the, their last game was this past Saturday and they announced all the players' names. So they got to yeah. run out on the court, you know. Oh, and, yeah, cool. And so she recorded it and I was looking at it and I was like, this he, this kid was just born. You know, like how how is he old enough to where he's running out here, you know, and, and it's just like you, I think about those moments and I'm like, okay, I've really got to make sure that I'm making the most of every day, not just in – you know, uh, my, my day-to-day living, but like the, you know, the parenting as a husband, as you know, anything that I'm doing, like being intentional in all aspects, because yeah, it could, it could all end tomorrow. You know, today could be my last day on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it hits me sometimes. I personally, I love as they get older yeah. because there's just so many much more you can do with them. Like <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy the 13 year old. Cause she, I mean, we're having, don't get me wrong. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. That preteen, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And we've worked with teens for a long time, but before, you know, you can always go home and mm-hmm. then you don't have to like deal with it for a while. But now, you know, when you have one in your house, it's like you leave and then you come home to it again. So there's definitely challenges there. But, I mean, they're understanding, they're processing, they just understand so much more. So the conversations conversations are so much more meaningful. And my nine-year-old, he's getting there too. Like, it's more fun now because they just get to have those things. And the little ones are fun too, but it just looks different. Because, like, the two-year-old, he just wants me to throw him on the couch. And so, and wrestle and stuff like that. So, it's all fun. It's all memories. And, you know memory making but you can't have those conversations yet with them because they're two yeah but each stage is a little different each stage you see how when they're younger and they always need both their parents yeah but it definitely changes like when they're younger dads are important but they definitely want mom more and as they get older you start seeing them gravitate more to dad it's less of the, you know, they fall on their bike and they scratch their knee up. You know, when they're real young, they're going to mom because they, they want to kiss or whatever, whatever magic she does to make them feel better. Yeah. But then, you know, after a time, like they need dad there to say, get back on the bike and do it again. Because if they don't, then they're never going to get back on that bike because mom's not going to quit hugging them. Mm. But they need dad there to say, yeah, you did this. What do we learn from it? And get back on the bike and try it again. And as they get older, you just kind of see how they need more of that. Yeah. Like they need less of the boo-boo kisses, as I call mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and more of the, let's get back on the bike. Let's yeah. go. We, yeah. we got this. And it's not that I'm not caring or compassionate. Yeah. Although they would probably say I could be more. <laughs> it's more of, yeah, you need to be pushed a little. Like. Yeah. We're not going to stay in this little, and part of it is society too, is because we see, and we've seen a generation come up that, you know, everybody gets a trophy, all that kind of stuff. And we see this like, yes, your feelings rank above everything else, despite how that may affect the rest of the team, your feelings are everything. We even see it in the like sporting events now, like even like, like I grew up loving LeBron. Like, I lived through the Jordan 
I lived through, and I love Jordan. I yeah. mean, no one could take over a game like Jordan could. <laughs> yeah. I And I was – I can barely remember watching Larry Bird. I yeah. remember loving Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. And, and I was a Pacers fan growing up in Indianapolis, so I loved Reggie Miller. Oh, yeah. He was like the only one that could, like, give it back to Jordan a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. he would trash talk right back to him. <laughs> but, like, now – and I loved LeBron because he's, like, I am. So mm. I grew up watching him. It was the first he played in the first televised high school game on ESPN. And I remember watching him do the Jordan dunk and got higher and it was more impressive than Jordan's dunk when he did it. And I'm thinking this guy's going to be something. And so I've followed him all along, but at some point it kind of changed. And now you see a guy who flops or whatever, and brings the attention all on himself, and it's not about the team anymore. And a lot of times, I think when we parent and the culture that we see, we got to remind our kids that, you know what? This doesn't all revolve around you. Like, we're a family. You're on a team. Maybe it's basketball or baseball, whatever it is. Like, you have a responsibility to your other teammates, too. It's not just about you. Like, what happened? It's serious, and we're going to take it serious, but you're going to get your butt back up and get out there and play your hardest because your team needs you or the family needs you. You're going to get up there and get all the trash because that's your chore around the house because we need you to do that. Like, it's good for you, and you're part of this family. We all pitch in. We all have our things. You're going to do what you need to do to help the family. So Mm -hmm. it's just all part of it. Kids change, and it's fun. It's fun to watch them grow and see how they do it all and i mean i wouldn't trade any of it yeah, i wanted eight but we ended up with four <laughs> eight goodness gracious yeah. you wanted a baseball team didn't you oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i did yeah it's if we'd um, be able to have them closer i think i could have at least gotten six <laughs> well we got four so we got with myself we at least got a starting five we can put five on the floor for <laughs> basketball yeah. but yeah it's um yeah that's one thing that we try to prioritize too is just that well, like when my boys fall down and get hurt or even my daughter to a certain extent, you know, obviously you're more loving with the, with the girls than you are with the boys yeah. when, when they get hurt. But like yeah. when my sons fall down, I'm just like, you know, you're tough, you're tough, you know, you can handle it. You know, we, you can get up, you can keep going. And I think that that's one thing that we're seeing. I feel like one of the reasons why society is trying to push more of the man out of the picture and push more of the dad out of the picture because they don't, they don't want you to, to be able to do things yourself. It's yeah. you, you need to rely on the government or you need to rely on somebody else. Yeah. There's no um, responsibility for what you're, what you're doing for your actions. And, you know, you see it, like you said, throughout sports, throughout society and throughout the schools. And I believe too, that that's one of the reasons why they're trying to put such a priority, not just on the husband, but, with everything so expensive now, it's taking the mom out of the house too. And it's, I don't have a, a lot of these parents out here. I don't have any other choice than to send my kid, you know, yeah. to, to these schools where they're being taught, you know, and I don't want to get into all this stuff because I don't want to sound hateful, but it, <laughs> it just kills me how somehow we're accepting these drag queen sh- story yeah. time and, and all this other stuff. And you see some of these parents, they don't have any, you know, any other option but to send yeah. their kids into this stuff. And and 
you know, even if you are raising in the right way at the house when they're getting around friends, because, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, but even when I went to and I went to a, a Christian school, I was still around. You know how it is. Some influences where you're like, OK, yeah, it, it kind of shapes who you are as a person. So Definitely. like as a as a parent and I know especially as, as you're starting to get like teenagers, stuff like that, what do you think some things that we can do? to kind of combat the way that society is trying to twist things and turn things yeah. upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say too, it's not hateful to call out things. Yeah. Like I, someone told me once, like we shouldn't celebrate the very sins Christ died for. And um, in some ways it makes a mockery of the faith mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's getting rough. Like we homeschool, yeah. And I never thought we would. Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't, but it just kind of where we were in life. Um, we had our oldest sign up for a Christian school, a private one, and mm-hmm. we probably would have been, went, I mean, she would have went there, but um, I got a different job. So we moved and it was in the middle of the school year. So we um, started homeschooling and just worked. It worked for us. I mean, I work on Sundays, so we can take Friday and Saturday and do something, but that wouldn't work if we had a school, so we can go visit family or whatever. And so that works for us, and there's been some huge opportunities. I mean, our oldest is starting pre-algebra this year, or she did start it, and we're like, uh, (laughs) I don't remember any of this. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, one of the benefits is like, if she struggles with a concept or something, I mean, we can take a couple of days and figure this out. And I'm thinking, where was this when I was in school? Because it was either yeah. you figured it out or you just failed. You got left Or behind. you cheated, which is mm-hmm. what most people did. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's so many avenues that you can go with this stuff. We don't, we don't completely shelter everything. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because we're not that far from a university town. Mm-hmm. University of Illinois. So we see it a lot. Um, and the kids pick up on it. My oldest, mm-hmm. we've had more serious conversations with her about it. So she's more aware. Uh, but that's because she can handle it at her age. Uh, my next son, he's becoming more aware of this stuff happening. And because uh, he sees it at stores and different things. Uh, my younger two, they have no idea what's going on, but yeah, sure. so we don't really deal with them on it. So not yet. We will, we'll have to eventually, but I mean, we're doing some things where we're at, where uh, we do have some influence in the school, local schools. So we push back now in Illinois. It's, it doesn't matter. It's being mandated starting this coming year. They mm-hmm. have to teach these things. And if, I mean, And I've seen it all now um, that they're going to have to teach. Like we went through whatever they call it now. Sex ed is what we called it when we were in school. We went, I went through all that and it was Hmm. whatever, you know, it wasn't really a big deal. Yeah. But I've seen the things that they're going to push now. And it's not like I wouldn't let my kids go watch this in a movie because it'd be rated past R. Why in the world am I going to let them see this in school? And and I understand, too, like you were saying there, like there's some parents, they don't have any other option. Like they've got to do that. And I understand that completely. We have friends like that. 
that that's what that's where they're at in life. That's some things have happened. That's what they have to do. Mm -hmm. But I do think parents have a right to say, I I would even go as far as if you know this is going to be taught this day, uh, my kid's not going to school that day. Like I would even go that far because I think this is one of those things where we're going to have to, we're going to be persecuted for it uh, until you're already seeing some of it implode a little, Mm -hmm. just the pure evilness of it. You're starting to see it. And I'm, I'll tell you, we're, I just read an article three weeks ago about how I'm trying to remember which country it was where bestiality is actually being accepted now. So we are just going down further and further. And this whole minor attracted persons, the pedophilia, it's going to become more and more normalized. And mm-hmm. um, if we don't say anything and we just say, yeah, they do what they do. We do what we do. Um, no, they have an end goal. And it is not to just do what they do. Uh, they There's a reason they come for schools. There's drag queen story hours up not too far from us mm-hmm. and um, parades, all that stuff. If you saw some of the things, it would sicken you what yeah. they do there. And yeah. uh, I honestly, I have a hard time even watching the news or whatever about it because it's just, it's horrible. It, I mean, it's just a mockery of what God intends. And that's ultimately the, the thing is we teach our kids is that this is what God, this is how he created us. This is how he established us. Now, Paul in Romans 9 compares us, God, to the potter. We are the clay. The clay doesn't tell the potter what to do. The clay doesn't tell the potter, you're wrong for making me this way, or you're wrong for doing it this way. We, we have no right to do that as the mm-hmm. clay. He's the creator. He establishes the rules. So, And this is what we've walked our kids through, not this blunt, but over time, we've walked them through this process. This is how God has laid it out. This is what God says is best. And if the creator of the universe, the almighty God says, this is best, who are we to say, no, God, you're wrong. Like we should utter in fear over that. Just thinking that. And it's like, no, this is how God has designed it. And it starts in the family. Like you have to, as parents say, this is how God's laid it out. Now, we follow, we obey what God says is best. And throughout history, we can even take it that far. This is what has worked. Any society that has embraced what America or whatever we call America now has not lasted. Like any culture, the Romans did it. It didn't last. The Greeks did it. It didn't last. We can go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Like how much worse could it have been? At that time, I wonder that sometimes, yeah. but it, it had to have been much, much worse. Yeah. And God said, uh, no, you're, you're not going to keep going this way. You're mm-hmm. making a mockery of, and ultimately each person's created in the image of God. So you're making a marker, mockery of that image bearer mm-hmm. when you embrace those things. And I, it's hard, man. It, it is hard because this is the fight the generation we are living in that we are growing up in and our kids are going to grow up in and we have to be the ones who say nope like i can't even let my kids watch blues clues Uh, yeah blues clues 
any like I have to screen everything now because everything. It, it's not safe. Like even what's the one proud family came out. Yeah. And they're pushing, you know, the reparations and all those things. And I know different people have different views on that, but it's like, these are kids like primarily watching these things. Like why are we talking about this? Well, not, not even some of the stuff they push too, but even just the dialogue, the, the things that they choose to say in there. Like we, we had a Disney movie on with our kids and my wife looked it up and, and cause we always look up, you know, everything like you was screening everything. And so we're like, okay, we think this one's okay. And maybe five minutes into it, one of the characters says something about somebody else was sexy. And I'm like, why does my four-year-old need to hear what sexy is? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? What, what's the point of that? And I, I truly believe, like, if you look in Genesis, like you said, the, the God, the creator of everything said, this is the, this is best. This is what it should be. And I believe that Satan right now with everything that's going on. Okay. Like when Satan was kicked out of heaven, like earth was basically his, right? This was his domain. Mm-hmm. When God made humans, he said, uh, subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the, over the world. So he gives that dominion to us. So Satan doesn't want us to realize we have that dominion. And what does it say before have dominion, be fruitful and multiply. Yes. Two women cannot be fruitful and multiply together. Two men cannot be fruitful and multiply together. Therefore they can never have dominion. Right. So Satan has stripped that dominion, what we have rightfully been given by God, the creator, like you said, of everything. And if he can, if you look in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, where it talks about the body is the temple of God. Paul talks about, you know, do you guys not know that your body is that temple? If he can confuse you from not knowing that your body is meant to be that temple and he can confuse you from knowing, hey, in order for me to get dominion on this earth, I have to be fruitful and multiply. And Mm -hmm. subdue the earth. Like it's a list. It's not just, you can't just skip to having dominion. Like there's order to everything. God is a God of order. And so like you have to go through these steps in order to achieve that ultimate dominion. If he can strip that away from you, I feel like that's what he's doing right now. You know, he's just trying to take any power away from us that we can, you know, power that a lot of people don't even understand Mm -hmm. or know that we rightfully have ownership of through God through the price that Jesus paid for us. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's just that trying to, like you said, if we are like teaching our kids, these things, like that's where it stops. It's not just, I'm just going to sit here and, and I'm going to, you know, gripe and complain about it. Like I'm going to do something about it by making sure that the kids in my house know the truth. And then your circle around you, you know what I'm saying? Your community, you know, hit your, yeah. your if you have uh, uh, nieces or nephews or whatever, you know, um, yep. going to, to your siblings, Hey, is there any way I can help with what, you know, any, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. That's the only thing this kind of, that's the only way this crap is going to stop. And, yeah. you know, I was reading in revelation, um, how you talked about making a mockery of God, making a mockery of the rainbow. I think a lot of, a lot of people too take that back mm-hmm. to the, to the promise, right. Of the ark. And, and mm-hmm. I, I've always thought that too. Like that's that's the first thing I thought. Well, they're they're making mm-hmm. a mockery of the the promise that God gave. But also, if you look in Revelation, um, I want to say it's Revelation four thirteen. It describes the throne of God, and above the mm-hmm. throne is a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like it says that in the Word. So it's like we're literally taking a 
decoration, I guess you could say, of the throne of the creator. Mm. And we are completely twisting it and throwing it back up in his face. You know, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. If you look in Revelation, I think it's right after that fourth. I want to say it's like chapter six or seven. It talks Mm. about how a time is going to come where people are literally going to be asking for the rocks to fall on top of them and hide them because the day of wrath has come and there's nowhere to hide from it. You know, mm-hmm. so you you talked a second ago about not being you told me like we shouldn't shouldn't say it's not hateful to speak the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's not because ultimately when it comes down to it, when we know the truth and we're not expressing that to those around us, we have a life raft and everybody around us is sinking and we're just watching them drown. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we can't make them change. I right. mean, we can't do that. Like, you Noah said, hey, it's going to rain. And no one listened. Like, he's like, yeah, it's still going to rain. Come on the boat. But no one listened. And he couldn't, like, beat him over the head and force him in the boat, you know. It wasn't his job. And for us, too, like, we're responsible for where we are right now. I can talk to my wife. I can talk to my kids. I can teach them. I can My other areas of influence, I can teach them, too. I tell them to turn off the TV because that doesn't help at all. And, uh, you know, and don't listen to, I mean, don't listen to these political figures right now, even though, I mean, uh, some of the things we hear right now, even by, I don't get into politics. Yeah, yeah. When a president of any country says, Um, denying kids sex change operations is almost sinful there's righteous anger that builds in me mm-hmm. and I, I don't care where you are that should build righteous anger in you too that they would think that that would be okay mm-hmm. like and it's just like the scriptures say they will trade the truth for a lie the world is turned upside down and even i it's it's in revelation i can't remember which chapter but it's like the seals are being broken open and the wrath of God is coming out and they are still cursing him. They are still denying him. And it's like when people's eyes are just blinded by their own wickedness and evil until they come to Christ, I mean, there is no hope for them. And so we just have to pray that we are faithful. We teach our kids, we teach our areas of influence and we just say, and God is the answer. And until you find him, it's going to be messed up. Yeah. It's still going to be messed up. Yeah. And, and two, you, you talked about Noah, how long it built him. I can't remember. How long did it take him off the top of my head to build it? It was, I know it was a long time to build. The Hundreds arc. of years. Yeah. yeah. So I think one thing we're, you know, we're talking about parenting. He must've done a heck of a job of parenting to keep his kids trusting in what he's saying for that long. We're building this arc together. You know, I'm sure that probably the community around the kids were coming around them, around his sons. And it's like, what are you guys doing? You know, so for them to, to have that trust in their dad to say, okay, we know that dad is doing the right thing. Like we're going to follow what he's doing because we don't know when it's going to be, but if God told him something, that's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I mean, his, for a piece of work, but <laughs> well, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Later on, I don't say that everybody's perfect, but yeah. <laughs> in that moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. you got to think too, how bad there's lots of theories, but like how bad it must have been before the flood, 
and there's lots of theories. Genesis six, like you could go down that route with the Nephilim and all that stuff. Mm, and yeah. Like that's a whole other podcast episode, like deal just talking about that because I'm a huge, one of my like side hobbies is I love looking into giants, like yeah. ancient giants, because I know you're a basketball fan. So, I mean, you've seen some of them like yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, man. <laughs> There was nobody like him. Like, they tried with Yao Ming, but there was just – the guy was so fragile. Yeah. But, like, I'm talking legit giants. Like, there's a whole Smithsonian section of just that. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. Like, like I could get into this a lot. This is my side hobby. But, yeah. like, people don't even realize how much evidence there is for Scripture. Like, oh, the yeah. things we read, it's all there. Like, and they – and even – sooner in history than what we would even like to think like there's people lewis and clark is there you know pioneering across and like they are talking about giant tribes like literal 12 14 foot people like natives in their tribes like that's not that long ago if we really think about it and so i i mean that's a side thing but i just wonder how bad it must have been to get to that point and there's a lot of theories on that but even then like like even go back to adam and eve like why did cain do what he did mm-hmm. like it's the same kids like abel mm-hmm. cain same kids like what do you do and it just shows that until a heart is transformed by the gospel there's nothing you can do we're, we're wicked people yeah and we will want what we want and that's what cain wanted and then you see with Seth, I mean, things were different. Like you could tell God had transformed his heart just like he had done Abel's. Yeah. And through Seth, we see some awesome things happen. But it's just it it always comes back to Jesus. Jesus is the one thing that will either cause people to be divisive or will unify. And the world, it's going to be divisive. They hate Jesus. They hate the concept of Jesus. They hate everything if they could rid him in any space, time, continuum, whatever, like multiverse, they would do it because they hate Jesus. And he's the answer. And he's what they need. And yeah. when they come and see that, it's it, it's just amazing. And it yeah. always comes back to him. Yeah. I was I was thinking about that. I actually just today is like um in in Jesus's, you know, the Jewish people um, when oftentimes, and you can see it throughout the Gospels, whenever Jesus talked to people, whenever somebody would come up and ask him a question, he would return oftentimes their answer, like with a question of his own, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like with a parable, yeah. right? But I think one reason why it is so easy for the world to get their agenda across is because as a Christian and as a follower of Christ, somebody who, if you want to find answers, you have to do a little bit of digging. Right. You have to get into the word. But then also, as you're reading the word, you have to understand context of time. This is a completely different era, you know, different country. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, it takes work to be a Christian. Like, it takes work to be a follower of Christ. But to follow the world, it's whatever your truth is, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do. It's there for you. And it's free. It's quote unquote freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. Galatians five. It talks about Jesus came to set us free. Right. That whole the whole. Uh, Galatians chapter five talks about, you know, basically yeah. the theme is, fe- is freedom. And yeah. so I, I know someone personally in my life who 
trying to think how much I want to share. <laughs> but, uh, basically, they're be vague. they're making some choices that they say, okay, this is this is the free version of me now. Hmm. I'm free now. And then my wife says, did this person block you on your Instagram to me? And I said, well, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. And she said, because this person blocked me. And so I look and they had blocked me also. Mm. I said, how is that freedom? How is that? If, if you're the freest that you've ever been now, why are you having to mm. get rid of people in your life? Because you're free now, right? You're supposedly you're free because you've done what you're doing now. You're, you're living this, this lifestyle that you're living now that you're saying, yeah. this is the freest version of myself. Why are you having to exclude people out of your life now? You know what I'm saying? And so when I hear the world say, like, this is true freedom, you're, you're like these kids basically, not basically, they are mutilating themselves in, in, in the name of freedom for the sake of freedom. That's not, that's not true freedom. You know what I'm saying? No. It's, it's a pain. It, it, it might be something that, like, soothes whatever you're needing in that moment. But, you know, it's not, it's not lasting. It's not lasting. No. And no. the only thing that is lasting is Jesus Christ. And yes, it takes a little bit more work, but the closer that you get to God, the more, especially if you're, you're trying to like seek after that legit relationship with him, you, that's, that's yeah. what you hunger for. Like you hunger and thirst, like it says in the word for righteousness, instead of the things of this world that are fleeing. Yeah. And you know, what you're saying there is why we need men to stand up and say, there's enough of this trash out here. Like we need men to stay up and especially godly men to stand up and say, yeah, we're done with this. Like no more. Like I, I'm done. Like this is, we know what drives us. The world will not. But when a few courageous men stand up, it's amazing to see how many follow. And, uh, you know, I always think about Marvel. So I'm thinking about Captain America, you know. It can be like the death sentence of death sentences, but Captain America is always going to stand up. Mm -hmm. And when he stands up, you know, the others are going to stand up behind him. And it really is like that. Like a few men stand up, stand their ground, do what's right. Um, that would be how we see this change. Mm -hmm. And enough men stand up and say, no, I, I'm done with this. Like we're, we're done with this. You're not going to do this anymore. Like I've already started thinking about our local library here, if it comes to that. And this episode is probably going to get censored. I'm just I'm expecting it already. But <laughs> well, th this is th this is what I hope and I pray. And it was my prayer before this this episode, um, before we started recording, is I I feel like these type of conversations right here. You know, we, me and you, we might not have the, the biggest platforms in the world, but we do have a platform to speak from yeah. that God has given us. And I think these conversations right here, almost in a way, give other people, I don't want to make it sound like we're bigger than we are, but I think, I really do think it gives people mm -hmm. almost permission to feel yeah. like, okay, yeah, we can have this conversation. Like, I'm feeling this too. Like, let's go. Uh, it's not just me by myself. Like, no. these these conversations need to happen. And, and, times like these like where me and you are talking about this kind of thing right now like this yeah. is where it starts you know yeah yeah maybe it'll give people some courage to like start standing up yeah honestly i've been reserved like what i really <laughs> think should happen to some of these people mutilating kids 
I mean, we need to go back to Old Testament times. I, I'm I'm convinced because it's just pure evil. And yeah. uh, uh, and so I've been very reserved here in saying what I think, but <laughs> <laughs> it should happen to some of these people. But I ultimately, I also know there's two sides. I want them to know Jesus, but you even see God's patience. It has its limits yeah. in the in the Old Testament. And wickedness can only be allowed to go for so long. And oftentimes he uses, um, you know, the, the government officials. That's one of their, should be one of their jobs is to deal with the injustices, the, the sins that are, the evil that is in the world. And that's like the exact opposite of what they're actually doing. Yeah. And uh, it'll take a few strong people to stand up and if you and I having this conversation can give some people some courage to stand up and do it, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's worth it because they need to know they're not alone. We're in it together. Yeah. And and you talking about people in the government are, are supposed to be doing these kind of things, shielding. And, and yeah. you see the, the uh, members of Congress wearing the uh, abortion pins and stuff like that. I see that. And I'm like, the constitution literally says we have the right to lie. <laughs> and then you're wearing that. What, yeah. I, you know, I, they I don't, don't care. They don't, they don't care. <laughs> you know, they just, it's just, they yeah. Don't care. yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, in applying that back to our kids, like, like I, I'm trying to teach them that this is wicked. This is evil in the age appropriate context. Sure. But like, I, I tell my son, like, buddy, you're going to have to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Like for those who others have been convinced this is the right way. And it's not, you know, it's not, you have to stand the ground because dad's going to stand the ground and I'm willing to go the distance here because it's worth it because I don't want you having to deal with this wickedness and evil that's in this world. And when it comes, it'll come, and Dad's going to be there to fight it back and push back against it. And someday, you're going to have to do that, too. And so I'm trying to – and it's different with the, my girls, but, like, I, I told them, like, you know, we go play – and this is going to become more and more reality, is we're going to play – you're going to go – your son's going to go play a basketball game. Or, or I'm thinking from my daughter's perspective, she's yeah. going to go play a softball game. And there's going to be a, a trans, a male kid playing on the girls' team because he identifies. What do you do? Well, I know what I'm doing. I'm not playing that game. Um, that's me, and I'm going to get in trouble with the state because of it. But I'm willing to do that in order for my kids not to get beat up by a boy who's clearly stronger, clearly more athletic, and clearly faster because that's how God made boys, men. It's how he made males. We're just built different. We have different mm-hmm. purposes, different designs. It's not that I think less of the other like yeah. females because of that. It has nothing to do with that. Like I have utmost respect for women. And I mean, I've seen my wife give birth to four kids. There's nothing about more stronger than that. You know, yeah, I amen. See that. Yep. and it's like, I don't think I can go through that. So I'm like, like I have the utmost respect. And I know that that's why God designed her that way. It's for that purpose as well. And so, but God designed me to fight the battles, to, to do the things that he designed me to do. 
And so we, and that's part of what I'm teaching my kids too, is like, you know, we're designed different ways. Mm -hmm. God's given us purposes. He's, and it's, it's even better when we realize that God made us this way because we will fulfill what he has called us to do. And ultimately, I mean, to him be all the glory, but um, it starts with a person discipling his family, teaching his family, area of influence, and seeing where it goes from there. And hopefully, man, as we reach more and more people, they see it, they start teaching their kids, they start teaching their families. And then in 50 years or whatever, when we're both old or older, it's like, I don't know if I want to be alive in 50 years, but <laughs> I'd be pushing 90. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. even think about that. It's like, maybe we'll start seeing some change though. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like one family, one generation starts. And you see that in the old Testament, like you see entire generations change because a few leaders, a few fathers stepped up and changed the course of their family. Like you see that and it can happen in one generation, but we have to stand up and say enough of the wickedness, enough of the evil. We're doing what God says. Yeah. And, and even too, this is not directly, but it, it just popped in my head when you said it is, I heard a sermon the other day where the, the pastor was talking about David and David wasn't as he made his way to the battlefield with the lunch for his brothers, like, he wasn't planning on fighting a giant that day. You know, he didn't know that when he got there, his whole life was going to change. And when he gets there, the, the scripture says, David heard, you know, Goliath mocking God. And he's like, who is this dude mocking, you know, God almighty. And he says, you know, David's a boy yet. He says, what is going to be given to the man who defeats this Philistine? So in that moment, he's like, okay, if nobody else is going to do this, then I'm going to do it myself. But but also, you see Saul try to put his armor on him to go into battle. Yeah. We talked we talked a second ago about like how our, our kids' faith has to be theirs. You can't wear somebody else's armor into battle. It won't fit. Like you have to have mm-hmm. the faith of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Your own faith. Yep. You can't have your parents' faith. You can't have your pastor's faith. It won't fit you. It's not going to fit you in battle. So it's like he he goes out there to battle with what he had, the rocks and the sling, and he takes down the giant through the power that God has given him. But then it changes not only his life, but his, you know, what what does it say? Uh, um, like the family will not have to pay taxes. So like yeah. it was generational. You know what I'm saying? Like his dad didn't yep. have to pay taxes anymore. You know, he didn't have to pay taxes. And then ultimately that led to, you know, just a part of his story to where ultimately he became the king. But yep. it, it's just like, I think a lot of us think when we get to those Goliath moments that, well, I think sometimes we, we fight different battles and we think this is the Goliath moment, but then it, it, yeah. and it's really just the, the lion or the, the bear preparing you for that Goliath. But it's yeah. just coming into work every day. Like he was just taking that lunch. Like if we're just doing the things that we need to do and being prepared when the moment comes, like he wasn't like, okay, hold on, let me prepare real quick. Let me pray. In that moment, he's like, what's going to be, what, what's the man going to get that beats this, this Philistine? Like, let's do it. You know, so it's yeah. just being that prepared. doesn't matter, you know, what's coming down the road or, or what obstacle, you know, is going to yeah. come in your way because ultimately God is, you know, on our side. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, you know, we may never have a 
huge Goliath-like moment in our lives. But what he does require is faithfulness. And mm-hmm. if we're faithful and we're right. willing to go the distance, we may have a boring life, and that's okay. Like, as long as you're faithful, that's what God requires of you. And that's what I tell my kids. Like, I hope they have very boring salvation stories because they have been raised in church. I hope they see who God is. They see how he works in mom and dad's life. They, they begin to see how he works in other Christians' lives. And they just have a boring salvation story because they just grew up believing, you know? Like, it'll come to that moment where they have to take that step and say, yeah, I truly believe. But mm-hmm. I hope it's not some kind of radical whatever, like Johnny Cash story. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope it's boring, but yeah. they believe. Yeah. That's my yeah. prayer, at least. Yeah, definitely. Well, I could keep going for hours. Oh, yeah. I, the last couple of times that we've talked to, I've, I've felt the same way. So we're going to have to uh, to do this again sometime soon. Definitely. But uh, you got any uh, final words? of? Yeah, absolutely. You got any final words of encouragement before we get out of here? Yeah, I think a lot of this can feel daunting and overwhelming to people. Start with your family. Like, just say man, I'm seeing these things and maybe you and your wife aren't on the same page on all of it. And I've seen Mm. that happen too. And uh, because there's a generation of kids coming up who they've been so indoctrinated with these things that it almost seems normal to them that things are like this. And for us, I mean, our age, and we're probably the last generation who said, yeah, this stuff isn't normal Um, because Everyone after us, I think they started, it started creeping in, but we're the, probably the last ones who can say, yeah, this isn't normal. This isn't right. And we have to stand the ground, but it starts with our families. So be faithful to your families, point them to Jesus, teach them that, yes, God says this, the world says this, God says, this is best. We're going to choose what's best. And if he says that this is how we're going to live, this is how we're going to rule, and I'm going to mess up at times, but God's forgiveness is stronger and more powerful than my mess ups, my sins. So I'm going to trust him to help me, and I'm going to trust him that he will help you as well fight through this. And you're not alone. Like There's a lot of people walking this journey with you. And I hope just from our conversation here that you'll have the courage and just the boldness to say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right. Um, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to seek God in all things to live for him, to glorify him. And even if I'm the only one in my town, my house, whatever, I'm going to still seek to glorify God. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, which I'm I'm going to put it all in the, uh, in the show notes and the description and all that, but you want to tell people where to find you. Oh yeah. At be a man, bam on Instagram, on Twitter, not all of them. You can go look up and find me. So there's links there in the bios of my Instagram. That's probably the best place to hit me up. Uh, I have been doing more on Twitter for whatever reason. I don't know why per se, but I hit me up on either one of those. I'm pretty quick at getting back, but I'd love to have conversations about this. It's a lot of fun. It's things that I never thought we'd have to, or I'd be a lot older before I had to have conversations like this. Common common sense stuff. that and now it's like yeah we're missing we're missing common sense but. you ever uh heard the rick and bubba show yeah yeah 
they say common sense is a superpower, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Actually, yeah. I'm trying to get Rick to come on. So yeah, he, it's that, hard. that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I tried to get him and Helmsy Helmsy, you know, was with him working at, uh, what college is he at now? He's at some, uh, is it Jacksonville. Maybe. Yeah. I know It'll he's coaching in. somewhere, but then yeah, yeah. Rick, I, I emailed him back and forth for a minute and he was, I thought it was going to, you know, go down, but then I, for whatever reason, it just kind of yeah. fell through, but maybe one day, yeah, that'd be awesome for you to get him on there. I love, saying, I love Rick yeah, and Bubba. They're involved in that whole like man church kind mm-hmm. of movement deal. And there's another guy there that I just, I've been trading emails with too. So that should be a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I would say, I mean, our podcast, we talk about some of the same things. Mine's more geared towards like manhood, biblical manhood. I'm getting ready to have some marriage ones come up that are going to be really good. Um, A lot of popular Instagram accounts, marriage Instagram accounts. I've had some conversations with them. They've been super challenging to me and very convicting at times (laughs) for where I am not doing all that I could be. But I think people are going to really like them. They're going to really like them. So go check them out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I told Justin before we started recording, and I'm going to say it here. There's... I listen to probably three or four. There's three or four podcasts that I listen to every single week that I have to listen to. And Justin's is one of those that, you know, I wait, I'm thankful that you do two a week. And so it's uh yeah, I, I have to get my, uh, be a man fix every week. Yeah, so yeah, that. y'all, y'all go check him out. He's doing some very, very good things for the kingdom, encouraging things, you know, just, um, you know, trying to, you know, promote biblical manhood. And it's just such a, it's a great thing. So, um, yeah. you know, we definitely, definitely need to do this again. I appreciate your time coming on. Always, man. I yes, love sir. it. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. God bless you guys. And, uh, we will try to do the best we can to be back next week. Lord willing. Um, God bless you guys. Remember we're all called to act. So let's get after it.